0: The following podcast contains potentially massive spoilers for the movie referenced in the episode title. If you have not yet seen this movie and wish to be surprised when you do, consider yourself warned and turn back now. Hello, and welcome to the inaugural episode of Schlock Till You Drop, where we will be taking an exploration into exploitation. I am your host, John Quick, and with me are your
1: co-hosts... Joseph Jones. Mario Sawyers. I gotta tell you, John, this is the only time in my entire life I've looked at a project and went, what the fuck have I gotten myself into? <laughs> this is Especially after watching this first movie. Uh, <laughs> I will
0: point out that I was originally going to do this as a feature on my website, and...
2: You guys agreed. No, no, no. Let's be real. You put out there, like, I'm going to do this I as said, a what do people think about this? Yeah. <laughs> and I jumped up and went, this would be better if we do, like, a movie thing. Then you have a, like, non-horror, like, a non-horror expert, which was me. Because, you know, I, I I watch a lot of movies, but. Right, I like all of them, and I was like, "This would be a good idea." That way, you have the horror aspect and then a non-horror aspect, and looking at the same thing. And then you're like, "All right." And then Joe's like, "I want to come do." <laughs> I was told there would be punch and pie. <laughs> to no. be
0: fair, pretty much anything that we do that fits into the category of schlock is going to have a horror element. It might just be the filmmaking, but it's going to have a horror element.
2: <laughs> this movie had a horror element. Uh, I think it's the script though. Yeah, it, it
0: <laughs> well, was, let's go it was, ahead and let, let's look. Or l- a bull. Sure. Sure. Let's just jump into it <laughs> oh. then. Our first movie that we are going to discuss is the 1988, yeah, I'll use the word classic, Sorority Babes and the Slimeball Bolorama. This was released on Charles Band's Urban Classics as a limited theatrical release in the UK, believe it or not. It was later released on DVD by Full Moon Entertainment, Cult Video, and is currently on Blu-ray as Full Moon Features. You can also find this if you are insane enough to want to streaming on Amazon Video. Uh, the director on this was David DeCoteau. I hope I pronounced that right. And if not, after having to watch that movie, he can get over it. Oh, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna butcher these names. It's gonna be great. Uh, Starring the original Scream Queens, Michelle Bauer, Linnea Quigley, and Brink Stevens. As a note, this is only one of two movies where all three of those original 80s Scream Queens appeared on screen together. The other being Nightmare Sisters, which we'll get to in a later episode. Really? I I can say I've never seen it. (laughs) Uh, This one also starred Andrus Jones, Hal Havens, Robin Rochelle, and as the voice of the imp, Dookie Flyswatter. The budget on it was around $90,000. No one knows what the box office was, but I would imagine considerably less than $90,000. On Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a 40% audience rating, 4.6 out of 10 stars on IMDb. In a bowling alley from hell, there's only one way to score. There are no freshmen in the College of Love, and they're about to graduate to madcap mayhem when a sorority pank goes crazy. Out to steal a trophy from a local bowling alley, the kids accidentally unleash the imp, a sadistic little spirit with a diabolical sense of humor. He creates demons and loves sexy women. He's the original party animal, inviting you to come along and die laughing, just like everybody else. The sorority babes won't live through initiation, but don't blame that cute little killer. He's evil by nature and funny as hell, and even if you can't take a joke, it kills you. (laughs) i would take it based on the synopsis that this was intended as a horror comedy i think the comedy is a little more unintentional than perhaps what they had Yeah, i felt like we laughed at a
1: lot of the wrong places so my theory is that this was uh originally intended to be a (laughs) porn and they just took all the fucking out (laughs) and this is what we have left is this uh classic. <laughs> yeah. And when you have a movie that within the
0: first 30 minutes you have a scene of full frontal nudity with a song on the soundtrack being sex. Yeah, I think that kind of fits with your
1: yeah, your uh, d- thought process. Uh, to there. be fair, Deco- uh, De Couteau, uh was a porn director before uh he started this uh his, his enterprise into uh horror movies. And it shows. He, I mean, oh, that actually makes
2: a lot more sense there. Yeah. It definitely shows. Yeah, a lot of the framings of the scenes, a lot of the setups, a lot of the execution. Yeah, I just kept expecting, like, you know, all right, this is the point where they're going to just, he's going to have sex. No, they're just going to move on to the next scene. No sex. Oh. I know what you're
1: thinking. <laughs> Joe, you must watch a lot of porn. Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs>
0: a lot. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, you know, it also broadcasts itself as a horror movie where – Horror, much like porn, has that money shot. They rob us of the money shot. Oh my there's, god! The, for a horror movie, this is virtually
1: bloodless. Yeah, the the kill shots in these movies are. Or this movie is atrocious. They're they're atrocious. There was there any
2: blood in this movie? Uh, I mean, it's, it's, there's a
1: little red paint on some faces.
0: That's about the extent of it. And at the very end, when our heroes are are. After they've survived their encounter, there's a little bit of k syrup maybe on them.
2: Oh, okay. I, I don't remember seeing But that's about blood. the
0: extent of it. I mean, the kill scenes all happen off screen.
2: Yeah, it was a cutaway. It, it felt like watching the, these new horror movies that have been coming out where, you know, you see where they're about to get ready to kill, and then they cut away. And then next thing, you you, yeah, you the see body. the aftermath, right? Yeah, you yeah. see the aftermath. Yeah. You don't yeah. see the actual kill. I, I kind of missed that. That's why I love Friday the 13th and all that. You see... The kills. <laughs> yeah,
0: Savini definitely uh, definitely upped the ante on it. The the sad thing is, this is 1988, and Savini was doing that back in the mid-70s. Right. So it, it's really pretty horrible that... I mean, okay, the movie's made for $90,000. I get it. They don't have a budget to do much of anything. Cairo syrup's cheap. Mm. I mean, Evil Dead's budget was... Five hundred thousand, basically, by the time it was all
2: said and done. Not that it started that way. They still had blood in that movie. They had gallons of blood in that movie. Yeah, but that movie also took like ten years to make, and they kept going back and forth or whatever. I'm just saying, man. Just a little karo syrup, a little hamburger, put them together, throw them at the camera. No, I, I feel you. I, I understand. I'm right there with you, but I'm I, maybe I mean, this... I'm being a devil's advocate, and I'm, I'm going on the side of the director for a second. It's like, okay, night. I have. give or take, to make a movie real quick. I want to make a quick buck. And I want to work with an actress that I
0: really, really like. This is true. The movie was filmed in 12 days. um, And he really wanted to work with Linnea Quigley. Yeah, I can see maybe you're going to. And with what he was trying to do, I think a lot of it was. I don't think it was so much for the budget after watching that and thinking about it. I think these were actually choices that he made. On how he wanted to present this movie. Mm. I think he's. I think maybe we're looking at it wrong, and I think maybe marketing people looked at it wrong and said, well, it's got an imp, it's got a demon in it, this is a horror movie. Right. I don't think maybe it was ever intended to truly be a horror movie. If it was intended as a comedy, even a straight to video comedy, that maybe that's why there's, it makes yeah. it make a little more well, sense. This
1: movie was designed for USA Up All Night. I mean, true. That, that, this is that's where this movie deserves to live. Was
2: USA up all night? Yeah, nineteen eighty eight, going strong. Oh, Wow. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, maybe was, the yeah. movie. Maybe that's what he was. Of course, going for. at
1: the time, it was USA up all night. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah.
0: But um, I mean, we have we have the classics for an eighties B movie, eighties exploitation movie. Here, you've got the TNA, mm. um, primarily in this movie from uh, uh, Michelle Bauer and Brink Stevens fans of Linnea Quigley's performance in Return of the Living Dead. Sorry, she keeps her clothes on in this one.
2: Barely. I mean, the whole time you you heard me the whole time she was like walking around with that little uh, that no, granted, that shirt
0: that if she sneezed uh, wrong, she's she would be flashing yeah. flashing the crowd, yes. But what's funny, it also seems like she kept her clothes on, so maybe she had the most serious mentality for the acting. Now, the movie's filled with overacting. Uh Uh-huh. And underacting. And very much underacting. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Their reaction to seeing a demon
2: demon. killed
0: is, oh, I think she's dead. Yep, that's a dead demon. (laughs) With about that much inflection behind it. Kill a demon with a bowling ball. And Linnea Quigley, in, in a lot of her movies, has done scenes that are overacted. It's also I think a product of the type of movies that she was in where that occurs mm-hmm. and I think that became expected by those directors I don't want to put the blame entirely on her
2: no I'm honestly I'm probably put more blame towards the director I'm pretty sure he just kind of let her go he didn't actually direct her I, I don't think there was much he, direction going yeah, on here, pretty yeah. much, like you said he wanted her on the picture yeah and so he just kind of let her go and didn't do any form of directing at all what I found
0: like interesting though as the movie progressed, her acting evened out a little more. Mm, true, where she was more of a a, a character and, and more well rounded as a character than just a stereotype.
1: Yeah, I like to see her try because she was trying. There, were, yeah. She, in fact, she may have been the only actor actor in the movie that was trying. No,
0: I no. no Brink Stevens tried. I, I think the problem with this movie isn't so much the capability of those who were in the movie. Prime example: Hal Havens is also in *Knight of the Demons*. Yeah, his performance there is completely different from his performance here, even though the characters are not that dissimilar.
2: That was the crazy old dude. No, no,
0: that was the uh, the the rotund gentleman. Ah, <laughs> go a little politically correct on something sure. that is not politically correct. So the
2: fat guy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, there you go. Um, All right. His performance in Night of the Demons, I mean, it's not, the characters aren't that dissimilar, but he actually had much better performance there than he does here.
1: Mm. Well, yeah, the material here is pretty lame. The, The
0: script is rough. Like we I think we've established there's not a lot of direction
1: here. I mean, this is the Wishmaster. It is, I except mean, that the Wishmaster did it much better. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, but it's the same I mean, well, uh, thing we talked about earlier the monkey's paw. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 the it's paw a, sort of a
0: classic horror trope to go back to the monkey's paw and the wishes that are being corrupted as the, the imp grants them all these wishes that go bad.
2: All right. No, we got to pause there. The wishes. <laughs> the wishes they wish for is what stopped me. I was like, no, one guy wishes for gold. Gold, not money, Gold. gold. Yeah, all right. in the '80s. That I guess that's the first thought in the '80s is a uh, teenager in the '80s. Yeah, you know, I want gold, not cash. Yeah, Hard cold cash. Now this I is gold. this
1: is barely the '80s. Yeah, this is 1988. Yeah, we're this talking. Is, this is the this no, is this is the ass 80s. end of the '80s. Yeah. yeah. The, but this movie, if you would have told me it was made in 1981, I would have believed you. Yeah. Because it's it, it reeks mm. of the early '80s. Yeah. Uh, very much style was. movies. Revenge of the Nerds style. Yeah, uh, very, very Revenge of the Nerds. Right? Yeah. I, I mean, your <laughs> your three protagonists are the 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 schleppy guys. I mean, Urkel's on TV right now at this at this point, right? Nineteen eighty eight, or, or we're very, 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 close. That was nineties.
0: Yeah, he's yeah. Urkel's getting ready to be on TV. But yeah, I mean, you've got the the, the nerdy guys with glasses, uh, the one that's definitely a virgin, the one that might be a virgin, and then their their bellicose fat guy friend who's <laughs> who's claims that he's been with women before, but you kind of wonder about that. And, but yeah, back to the wishes. You've got the guy that wishes for gold. You've got uh, the girl that wishes she was por- was prom, prom queen. queen. Yep. Um, you've got the one who wants to get with the other girl that's in the group, and with judicious application of alcohol, he probably could have done it without using a wish from the yeah. way these characters are portrayed.
1: <laughs> yeah, um,
0: well... <laughs> And and then the two who are smart and pull the Mario and say, Fuck it, I'm out, as I soon as write. this as soon as this goes into they they see where this is going. This
2: is why I can't write horror, folks. This this right here is why I don't write horror because every time I'm in this situation I look at it, I'm like, why wouldn't why would the character just sit here and go that it? Why wouldn't they just go fuck it, I'm out? Just yeah. that would end the horror movie. This is why I'm not a writer. This yeah. I can't write stupid. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh I do like to see kind of the rise of the badass chick here, right? Yes. I mean
0: we and this was something we discussed during the movie. It is we're looking with this movie of the the pre Buffy TV Buffy days, right. I should say. The pre T V Buffy days where the heroine was a badass chick. Up to this point in movies and and whether it is whether it was intended to be or not, this follows a slasher movie formula. Right. True. So, up to this point in slasher movies, the heroine was the virginal, innocent girl. Here, the heroine is the badass, tough as nails, kick your ass as soon as look at you, chick. Yeah, I mean, she's robbing the mall when we're introduced to her. It, yeah, we're introduced to her robbing the mall. Poorly. But and yes. at the very <laughs> end, what's, what's her way of celebrating making an idol alive? You're coming to my place. Right, yeah. She grabs a guy. You know, yeah, I and
1: mean, he he doesn't get the girl. She gets the guy.
0: Yeah, I mean, exactly. And yeah, this is very much one of the precursors to the badass heroine. And that is I, that is very interesting to see, especially
1: for a movie from 1988. Right. Truly. Yeah. it's 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 way ahead of the curb on this sort of thing, which, you know, in less than, you know, two or three years, you're going to see that become the norm. Yeah, exactly. the The old stereotype of the virginal
0: girl will go the way of the wind. And you'll have these badass heroines, and we'll start to see women playing a larger role in, instead of being a passive
2: hero, they will
0: become more active heroes.
2: Yeah, I can see that. So, you get the three wishes, and then you got the stereotype characters, sort of, which I want to go ahead and point out now. This is one of the few horror movies where I was very happy there was no black characters in it. (laughs) John and was like, well, there's the F. i was like, no. <laughs> 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 nah, <laughs> nah. <laughs> So I was happy on that.
0: And it was a, it was interesting to see uh, Buck Flower, the the character actor playing the janitor in this okay. movie, been in dozens of other movies. Best character in the movie. I liked him. <laughs> his, his, he always plays. Variations for the most part played variations on the same character and this was no exception but it's always a pleasure to see him on screen and uh, i wish he was still around to continue making those appearances and honestly kind of making those kind of horror movies more fun
1: right yeah and seeing him you know fulfill the obi-wan role here
2: <laughs> right the, the wise old guy who knows how to stop the demon Sort of. Sort just of. Randomly <laughs> just happens to be working there for 30 years in the same Well, I mean, alley. you get in a headlock, you kick his ass, and you put it in a box. Right, I mean, exactly. And then you'd fledge his magic back into it. But oh, ex- I, don't know to, I don't know anything <laughs> about how to do that. Yeah.
1: We gave up on that plan.
0: Right. Uh, so let's look at this story-wise. Okay. <laughs> Aside from the fact that this movie followed almost every trope it could think to rip off from horror.
2: Yes, it did.
0: What do we think of the story itself? I mean... It's it, a it's, classic
2: story. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty cookie cutter. Oh, yeah. It's, know, it's, I mean... It's, I mean it's, I, I
0: know,
1: seriously, I mean, a classic story. I mean, it is the monkey's paw. It is yes. Basically. Yeah. When you boil it down to the very... You know, you take out all the trappings of everything else. It's a story of, you know, you, be careful what
2: you wish for. Right. Yeah. Just the getting to the monkey's paw part was the issue I was having to have to it because the rest of it was really bad fluff.
0: To be fair, any movie featuring something like – you can't just – I mean, I I suppose you could just make the monkey's paw. Mm -hmm. But if you're trying to use that trope in a movie, you've got to encapsulate it in some kind of fluff. Right. Um, I mean, like for me, I am huge on character. There's not a whole lot of character development that goes on here. Now, most slasher movies don't give a lot of character development. Don't. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah there is
1: absolutely no growth. No one changes in this
0: movie. Yeah, they're, they're cannon fodder. The one thing that I did find of note, uh, our, we're talking about our heroines here, uh, Linnea Quigley's Spider and uh, Andres Jones's Calvin. They kind of form this relationship over the course of the movie. There is one scene where they're hiding in a bathroom. Right, yeah. And she suddenly starts giggling and mentions, you know, when we first met, the first thing you said to me was, hi, do you come here often? And they discuss how stupid this line was. That was a sweet moment. That was a surprisingly sweet moment. It was a surprisingly sweet moment, but here's the thing. It was too much. I think if you had taken that out, because the moment of levity at that particular moment didn't feel... Right. right. It didn't fit there. If you took that out, though,
1: I still felt a relationship growing between those two characters. Well, I feel like what that scene suffered from is just having, like, one take. I mean, you know what I mean? One take, maybe somebody writing dialogue that didn't really have an ear for it. Yeah, because I, you know, I thought that was a sweet scene. I mean, because yeah, yeah. it's the scene that that in the porn, they would fuck during. Yeah. So... <laughs> To me, the sweet scene between
0: them is when Calvin's been hurt, she's tending to him, and he kind of passes out with his head on her lap. And this tough-as-nails chick
1: actually seems okay with this. Yeah, and you could have combined the two scenes, I think. I think been and
0: maybe that would have worked better to have that sweet moment there where she's tending to his wounds. Because right after that, that scene is interrupted by one of the demons attacking them. So yeah, that would have been the perfect place to have that sweet moment without
1: breaking the flow the way it does where it appears in the movie. Yes, and thank God for Closet Gun. Oh. <laughs> so Closet Gun saves
2: the day. <laughs> Randomly. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna point this out from my point of view. So they they're getting chased by the demons, demoness, whatever. They are
0: in a shopping mall <laughs> with slash. an attached bowling alley. <laughs> after hours let's go ahead
2: and set the stage for this they're being being chased they run into this closet janitorial closet whatever start putting boxes and stuff up there and the demon's busting at the door and he breaks it down and she's like give me a weapon he hands her a spray bottle she's like what am i gonna clean him and then he hands her a gun and it's like wait pause (laughs) (laughs) wait
0: there's a gun in the the janitorial
2: closet so the first question i want to ask is i mean okay there's a gun in a janitor closet. <laughs> right. All right. I'll swallow that pill. You grab the spray bottle first.
1: <laughs> uh, I think it's a broom. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah, you grab broom, the broom
2: yeah. first instead of the gun that's beside said broom.
1: Closet gun.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: And of course, it's random gun, so it only has two bullets, which we have telegraphed when she tells him, "Look for more bullets," as if she knew.
1: Her next shot would be her last. Hey, bruh, bruh. Random Gun's random.
2: <laughs> all right? I mean, you know, we all play video games. You know, you find a random gun. It never comes with a full clip.
0: Hey, get off Random Gun's dick. This is true. This is true. When you do pick up a gun in a video game, you're lucky if it's got three bullets in it.
2: I guess. Of course.
0: Then, once
2: they use the two bullets, they decide to set said gun down and... We'll run off to try to find some more weapons. And I'm just thinking, why put the gun down? Keep it just in case you find more bullets. Because you found a gun. Yeah, there's <laughs> yeah. there's continu- you're random
0: bullets. <laughs> continuity errors do abound here, uh, such as they go to the snack bar to find knives. There's nothing here but this plastic shit. And in the next scene, she has a metal knife from
2: yeah somewhere. I asked, you, I asked you. I was like, where'd she get the knife? You're like, she got it from the scene before. I was like, no, she didn't. She yeah. said there said the plastic scrap line exactly. Uh... <laughs> the hero being cast- <laughs> she- <laughs> sorry, it's so bad. So the 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 woman when they have the knife, and the woman the the Frankenstein bride busts open the door, <laughs> <laughs> grabs the guy, yanks him in. The chick drops the knife. She throws him back out.
0: Grabs the knife. And, uh, and I didn't the want the hero. I wanted your weapon. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> oh yes, yes the. <laughs> Our next topic would have been direction. I think we've beaten that horse quite
1: thoroughly. Uh, There's not any. Good old one-take Dave, man. I got to tell you. Yeah. Now, Granted, he had 12 days, and he had to shoot this entire movie after hours. Right. There's not a a single daylight shot. Maybe the the very very last shot in the the parking lot. The very last scene in the parking
0: lot. And that arguably, I mean, that sun up, the mall still wouldn't be open. Right, yeah. So, you know, it, he was still within his shooting allowance there. Uh, it, yeah, there's not a whole lot going on for direction here. For cinematography, I actually have to give it credit. And Mario, you pointed this out as we were watching it. There were a couple of shots in this that hinted at... Okay, this guy might
1: actually know how to frame a shot. Uh, mm. Dude, I'm, I'm I'm going to disagree. This movie was single, single, wide. Single, single, wide. That was 99% of this movie. I agree that 99% of it was, but there were a couple there of shots. There were a couple of points. Like the, there's there's, the there's one, establishing, one establishing <laughs> shot, Right. We the, see the outside of the sorority house with, yeah. the, with the random
2: guys walking The by. random guys talking about peanut butter.
0: We're a little yeah. late in the game, but I should maybe point out for those who have not seen this movie, uh, spoilers.
1: Um,
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. you should. Probably uh, but then
1: every button. other shot is either a wide or a single. That's it.
0: They, right. I'm not and I'm not even necessarily talking about it in that aspect. The way he well, framed the shot itself. It, it's, for example, the one that you pointed out yeah. was when they discover well, I mean, Taffy's
1: body. Kevin Smith made his career on single single wide. Agreed. Yeah, I mean this is not <laughs> so exactly
0: don't, don't get me
2: wrong. That's true.
1: That is true.
0: The way he framed the shot where they find Taffy's body.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> that was, was that well, was an
2: excellent shot. That was a good shot because, you know, the way they showed her death, and then they did a the cutaway. I was like, okay, well, did that again, and then they the next like the next scene where they find her. You see, her legs, and then like blacked out. There's a wall in the center, <laughs> yeah, and then more black, and then her upper torso. I was like, that makes sense. I understand why you know I understand why they did it that way because they can budget. Yeah, like they're that. doing it and on so, the cheap, so that makes sense. It was a good use of lighting. Yeah, I mean nowadays you
0: could take ninety thousand dollars and. Make a masterpiece. Oh, I right. could have made this movie for hundred bucks. You know, yeah, back in 1988, 90000 dollars was a lot of money for a low budget movie.
1: Right. Well, a hundred bucks and an iPhone already own. Right. I mean, right.
0: Nowadays, that's pretty much all you need, and a little bit of free. I mean, you can get free video editing software online and and things like that. So, uh, but yeah, there were a couple of decent shots as far as cinematography goes, but most of it is, like you said, very much cookie cutter. Mm. Establishing close up, close up. Establishing close up, close up. Very much that over and over and over again. Um, makeup effects, practical effects. There weren't really any to be seen here. Yeah, F minus. I mean, it, the only real practical effect that we saw was the imp. Now, the puppet for the imp for that time. This that, is where all the money went. That's was stop motion. It was pretty decent. Yeah, that was pretty decent. And some of the
2: the makeup for the that one chick who had the who was all about her looks that was uh, that was pretty okay ah dude no it yeah. wasn't pretty nineteen eighty eight
1: you could you could she, take a Halloween kit out of a grocery store yeah, yeah. and do she that wasn't
2: like, I mean. she wasn't like she wasn't I mean yeah it could have been better but you know they they and were back, trying I'm pretty to sure to, I have
1: pictures of me as a zombie would look better than that
2: she they were trying to do using something a grocery on store that, kit and they they were trying to represent her. I guess Sin, I guess those ideals here is what... Something along Egypt. those lines. Her vanity. Lines, yeah. right. her so, vanity. And so they made her ugly. I mean, not ugly ugly, but you know, paper bag ugly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> and as far as visual effects, it's 1988, and they took their playbook from ILM circa 1983. Yeah, A lot of rotoscoping, We uh... a lot of uh, saturation on the film to create different color tones. Uh, Doctor Who Dalek shots yeah. from the 60s Absolutely. regeneration scene from the 60s <laughs> yeah, 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 we yeah. have a lot of that on display here for the visual effects I didn't
2: even think about that until joe said that. yeah yeah it's so like, oh crap that is yeah
0: <laughs> it so it's very much but again this is budget yeah that day and age
1: visual effects weren't cheap that's it, very true uh what is cheap is karo syrup and food coloring and and a couple pounds of hamburger that goes back to where we've discussed. This This was a very bloodless movie. Yeah, this is the heart of the Splatterpunk era. You know, we are coming up, or at least the beginning of it, right? We're at the very, like... Definitely the upswing of it. me gore. <laughs> That's what I want out of a movie like this. If you're not going to give me a decent script... even If Hell- you're not going to give me visual effects, <laughs> give me gore.
0: <laughs> even Hellraiser, which played very low key as far as the makeup and gore effects when they had them they made them impactful that movie relied more on suspense and building tension than it did on gore well right but we know from the
1: beginning of this movie that's not what this movie was about
0: exactly it it, it that's where i was going with this this has a completely different tone this had a splatter tone yes to it They are following the formula of a splatter movie. Absolutely. Almost to a T. And they neglected the one key component of it. But again, if this was intended to be more of a comedy than a splatter movie, that decision makes a little more sense. Mm. But it's hard to say that you were going for a USA Up All Night or a teen comedy even straight to video teen comedy, when you have swearing, you have full frontal nudity, right. you have uh, you
1: yeah, know you would have to heavily edit this to put it on television.
0: Yeah, you have yeah, I mean yeah, you've got the sex scenes, no. you've got things like that. Then, then in nineteen eighty, yeah, you true. could get away with more now. You than couldn't you say could ass then. on television. Eh. I mean, you got to think it was a few years later that nypd finally oh, NYPD yeah. Lou, finally yeah. started talking and used the word i think they used ass they yeah. used shit they yeah. showed a woman's butt they did not use, they shit. Showed
1: a they use shit. shit it was
0: no, cable tv that's right but they did say ass they said they showed bitch. a butt yeah, 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 yeah no they did both but yeah, yeah. they showed they showed well, butt on screen uh,
1: as the as the show progressed it became a badge of honor to show your ass on the show yeah exactly Huh, but watch So, yeah, this, this would have needed heavy editing
0: to have been shown on broadcast television. It could have made it maybe on pay cable, but not
1: basic cable, oh, not yeah. 1988. Hmm. Yeah, but like I said, since everything was so contained, it would be super easy to edit it in for, like, a USA Up All Night sort of oh, thing. very much. Which is where this movies like this live, right? At least when, you know, I, I was watching late-night TV, and you, we had, like, eight channels. Right. right. Then that was cable.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think it definitely needed a script doctor as well. Oh. I think a lot of what is wrong with this movie, because there are moments where you see where that joke was going, or the punchline plays almost right. You see what they were intending. And if they had a script doctor that had kind of fixed that dialogue and made it less stilted and hokey,
1: maybe it could have worked. So I'm, cu- as I'm curious. A comedy. Because. The- this is also the thing that happened to Troll Two, is the scriptwriter has a Russian name. I, I don't have it in front of me. I was wondering if maybe this was originally a Russian script that was translated. Uh, oh, and and the issues that we're seeing are a translation issue. Yeah, because Troll Two, the director didn't speak English, right? Uh, and the reason yeah, that and yeah. I, I want to save a lot of comments because surely to God that's going to be one of the movies. Sergey. Right. Yeah. I, just, I didn't try. To pronounce I'm his not name. even trying that
0: last name. But yeah, Russian name for the writing credit on this movie. So maybe that's what it it's is. A he wrote it in
1: Russian and it was translated to to English. He only had one other movie credit as like The Android or something like that. So I couldn't tell, you know, much about him.
0: Right. So maybe that was the case. If and if that was the case, it definitely explains why some of those were just a little, yeah, just a little off. Just a little off. Overall impressions.
2: <laughs> uh it, yeah, let's Mario go ahead. We'll
0: start with you on this one.
2: All right, so going into this movie, and I was like, all right, this is going to be bad. Now I've seen it once when I was younger, like way. So just me watching it today is good rehashing. Oh, my God. It was bad, but it was good bad. Does that make sense? Like, it, I I enjoyed it, makes it. perfect sense. But I think I enjoyed it more. Do, doing a show like this, yeah, good bad is... <laughs> I think I enjoyed it more because I watched it with y'all than I would if I watched it on my own.
1: No, I watched it on my own before I came here yes, know uh, <laughs> a couple of days ago, so I, could, I I would be able to speak about it. And I wanted
2: – oh, my God. I wanted to stick sharp things up my asshole to feel something. <laughs> no, no. Because <laughs> the, com- the commentary woof us made it more enjoyable. I and mean, then this is this is my but suggestion for everybody who wants to watch this. This is that. the thing with cult movies. And this is very much a cult
0: movie. Yes. It is best enjoyed in a group scenario. Mm -hmm. It's best ended with
1: group suicide. That's how culture should Perfect,
0: perfect example though. How many people want to sit in their home and watch Rocky Horror Picture Show alone? Yeah. Oh, true. That's true. It's it loses something without the crowd to feed on, right? And this movie very much fits into that category. You need a crowd to feed off of to watch it. Definitely, who can appreciate it for what it is. Schlock, there's a reason I chose this as our first movie for this, this podcast. Yes, yes. This, to me, is the epitome of schlock. It is cinema that is bad, and you have to wonder if it was bad for the sake of being bad.
2: Hmm.
0: That's an arguable point. right? My take on this, I first saw this movie, I was 13, 14 years old, found it in the video store. I looked at that title. I'm 13, 14 year old boy. Yeah, this movie definitely appealed to me, and I was enthralled from start to finish. Because of that, this movie is always
1: going to have a special place in my heart. That actually explain, explains a whole lot about you, John Quick. <laughs> it that <does>. being
0: said. <laughs> Looking at it later, I have to agree. This is not a movie that I would sit and watch by myself at night anymore. Yeah. It, because there's porn on the internet. Exactly. Whatever I mean. pure, whatever prurient interest I had in this movie as a 13, 14-year-old boy, I can now find for free on the internet, should I so desire. Mm-hmm. And much Better. more fulfilling. <laughs> they don't cut the money shot. Um You have to subscribe to get the money shot, but they don't cut it. It it has good qualities to it. I personally think, and I am bracing for you two to tear me to shreds over this. Here we go. I personally think with a better script, with a better director, and with actors who all were trying at the role, you take that same $90,000 today, you will never make that a great movie. But I think you could turn it into a decent movie.
2: You first.
0: It's called The Wishmaster. <laughs> okay, let me clarify that. I think you can turn it into a decent movie that keeps what this movie was going for, that keeps what made 80s sleaze movies. I mean, believe it or not, they endure. One of the reasons they do endure is that exploitation factor. I think you can take that $90,000 today with a better script, better direction, And make an exploitation movie that fits all those categories, that fires on the old sex, drugs, and rock and roll mentality.
2: Oh, absolutely. Actually, I think they already did that. There's a movie out there. I can't remember the name of the movie. And I'm sure fans who will probably send an email, maybe you might know. But it's a movie about college kids in a house, instead of a bowling alley, but in a house. And they stumble across a cartoon wolf that kills them. And he does this, pretty much the exact same thing. That's know. called Evil Tunes. It is from the 80s, and it is on our list. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? So it's been done. Well, the premise is classic, right? No. The premise is We've, we've covered that. Ball. Yeah. And
1: how could you go wrong with sorority babes? Right? Exactly. Nerdy guys, little TNA, and, oh, you make this movie. That's how you go wrong. Oh, um, that's how you do it.
0: You make this That's what I'm movie. saying. If you take the basis of this movie, and I think you would probably have to change the title. Um actually no. I yeah. take that back. Don't change keep the title. Yeah, I could probably buy the right five bucks. The boiling, we keep the bowling alley concept. Yeah. I mean, you we talked about it earlier. Turn it into a Dave and Busters. So you're still attached to a mall. You mean a
1: Maven and Dusters?
2: <laughs> yeah, but same concept. Sure. <laughs>
0: But you, you turn it into something along those lines. You keep it attached to them all. I think you could make that same premised movie, same title, same story, and make it decent. I guess I will never say you're going to make it great because there's very little that you can make great about a lot of the sleaze movies of the 80s. Well, and it really depends on what your definition of
1: great is. I mean,
0: True. I mean, great to one is horrible to
1: another. Right. Oh, well, and not even that, but like Zombieland. I mean, you know, that that's... A movie that's schlocky, right? But great, and made with a high budget, right? Yeah, yeah. Now the budget is way higher than we're willing to cover with the show, right? But, but yeah, absolutely.
0: But I think we could remake this one.
2: Maybe. I mean, I don't know. It's one of those. It's one of those scenarios like I've seen. It's already been remade so many times. But I mean, if you want the exact the concept has you want, been remade. You know, the well, yeah. been well, it's
1: been like we said. This movie is a ball of tropes. Yeah, I mean it hits
2: every one of them. Yes, I mean, it's, as it it's, falls down the trope tree it does yeah. hit each and every branch. Mm-hmm. But the idea of doing it in the, the bowling alley, trying to remake it, the actual storyline that they have, I can see it be done. Better actors, better person doing an imp, probably an actual black guy. <laughs> <laughs> The Dukey
0: Fly Swatter, if you're oh. out there <laughs> clarify this for us. We have an argument about that. Oh my god.
2: Okay. Honestly, here's my thing. I think the de- I think that demon watched Airplane and he wanted to be like that great, that little <laughs> old lady from Airplane where she spoke jive. <laughs> <laughs> and that's obviously what it was. He just he it's a little imp that spoke jive, and I was fine with that. I was like I'm, I'm a little offended. And as I continue watching, I'm like, you know what? No, I'm good. Little black imp killing a whole bunch of white people. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> And see, there you go. That's how you remake it. You there you your, go. You make it racial, and then it becomes a funny horror movie. <laughs> or a topic of discussion on the internet that tears you to
0: shreds. Yeah, one of the two. One of the two. <laughs> All right. So final word on this one.
1: Well, I feel like we should. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I feel like we should have a rating system, right? Oh, we have.
0: It oh. is a three-pronged rating system. Okay. <laughs> so here we go. Here it is. Leave it as is. Because it's worth it. Remake it and make a better movie out of it. Or ignore it and let it fade into obscurity where it belongs. Huh. Mario?
2: I think it could be I, I would like to see it remade, honestly. I would like to see someone someone with a little bit better hand at it than Mr David Cadrill. Maybe someone who doesn't have as strong in the porn influence and have it remade. Maybe we'll get a okay. better story off of that. Better All right. of things.
1: Joe? I'm going to say ignore it. It's This plot has been done. and yes. Over and over and over. We've seen it rise up in several other movies. It's a classic plot. And this attempt at this execution just did, it kind of fell flat for me. So no, ignore it. <sighs> and it comes down to me on this one. I did say
0: that I think it could be remade into a decent movie. That being said... I would rather let this one fade into obscurity. As much as it hurts that 14-year-old boy inside of me,
1: <laughs>
0: I think this one's better left alone and and just let it go away. All right. So, if you stuck around through all of that uh rambling gibberish that we just spewed out upon you, then you kind of have some idea of what's going to be going on in the future with this podcast. We do have a list. We have several movies that are on that list. However, you can feel free to shoot an email, leave a comment, whatever is your, your most favored way of communicating with people you've never met before on the Internet. Well, try not to troll us, but just yeah. if you do, be prepared that we may troll you back. Let us know if you've got anything you'd like to hear us tackle on here. It may already be on the list, but if enough people are screaming that they want to hear it, maybe we'll move it up the list a bit. Until then, thank you for listening. We'll see you in a couple of weeks when we take another exploration into exploitation on a brand new episode of Schlock Till You Drop. Have a great day.